You're listening to 87.6 FM, 3ABR and the Wellness Couch. And I'm your host, Katerina Morrison. Um, Now, we are seduced on a daily basis by the intoxicating aromas, the flashy packaging and enticing promises of everlasting youth um, that our personal care products actually do offer us. And we're all affected. But what is the real cost of applying these products to our body? So um, I'll be talking about this tonight about our personal care products. Are they toxic or are they rejuvenators? So just for the purpose, um, examples of personal care products that I'll be relating to are hand and body soaps, body washes, shampoos, conditioners, hairsprays and other hair care products, hair dye, toothpaste, perfume, cosmetics such as lipstick, mascara, eyeshadow, foundation, Um, Also, deodorants and antiperspirants are widely used by most people. Baby care products, which also include diaper rash creams and sunscreen products. And as you can see, we all have some of those or most of those products in our cabinets. Now, why do we bother taking care of our skin in the first place? So your skin is the body's largest organ protecting you from pathogens and flying debris and other environmental salts. Um, Your skin actually protects you from internal organs from injury and affection, and it also helps eliminate waste through uh, perspiring. So um, the skin also assists in the immune system by providing a protective barrier to viruses and bad bacteria, thus preventing infections. The skin also provides a friendly habitat for good bacteria. It helps maintain your body temperature and it controls your heat flow between you and your environment. It produces and stores vitamin D, which is important for your immune system. Um, Your skin also being rich in receptors, it sends sensory feedback to your brain, such as um, whether things are hard, soft or hot or cold, so that you can react to dangerous conditions around you. The skin also seals in moisture, which maintains your body's delicate fluid balances. So you can admit that um, the skin does uh, some pretty important stuff for our body to um, maintain homeostasis. The skin is vital to your health, as you can see, yet many people fail to actually take care of it. And because your skin has the ability to absorb whatever that you actually put on it, informed choices are really critical uh, these days. You should give your skin the same thoughtful care you give your internal organs, but unfortunately, it doesn't uh, seem that way these days. Now, the growing awareness of chemical ingredients in foods that we eat has led many to you to begin reading labels, which is fantastic. And if you're doing this as part of your regular shopping routine, you're really to be commended and you'll live a lot longer for it. But what about the products that you are smearing all over yourself? Eye makeup can be absorbed by your highly sensitive mucous membranes. Hairsprays, perfumes and powders, they can be inhaled, irritating your lungs. Lipstick is often licked off and swallowed, while sunscreen and lotions are highly absorbed through your skin. So the Environmental Working Group, which is EWG, estimates that one of five cosmetics might be contaminated with a cancer-causing agent. That's right, one out of five cosmetics might be contaminated with a cancer-causing agent. And so this um, non-for-profit public interest research group is known for making those connections between chemical exposure and adverse health conditions. But who has the time to worry about these fluffers and buffers when there is already so much to learn about healthful eating? So putting chemicals on your skin or scalp is actually get this, worse than actually ingesting them. That's right, it's worse applying them on your skin than actually ingesting them. So when you eat something 
the enzymes in your saliva and stomach help to break it down and actually flushes it out of your body. However, when you put these chemicals on your skin, they actually absorb straight into your bloodstream without filtering of any kind. And they actually go straight to your delicate body organs. Now, you actually lack the necessary enzymes to break them down. So what happens is they actually accumulate in your body in the fat cells over time. Chemicals absorbed into your bloodstream in a number of ways. Now, we've got powders that have the least absorption, um, whereas oily solutions or those designed to moisturise, they're actually um, more readily absorbed. And the United Nations Environmental Program estimates that about 70 thousand chemicals are in common use across the world with 1,000 new chemicals being introduced every year. That is just astounding. So petrochemicals are already in your bathroom cabinet, as you probably already know. They are present in the vast majority of Western-made products, such as our shampoos, bubble bath, body lotions, baby care products, makeup and soaps that we all utilise. Petrochemicals are now being linked to cancer and other serious illnesses. Now, I've heard a lot of people talk about, but I only use natural products, so I should be okay. Now, there are no federal regulations for beauty products, so anyone can claim their product is natural or organic. Just because something is natural does not make it good for you. In terms of the natural products that are good for you, a label with the word natural does not mean that the product contains only natural ingredients, and that'll probably uh, surprise a lot of you. In fact, some organic beauty products contain only a single digit percentage of organic ingredients. It's amazing what they can get away with. So some brands use ingredients that were simply derived from natural sources, but are no longer natural or organic. And what I mean by this is that when it comes to the labeling of cosmetics and body care products, it's a free for all. A classic example I'll just give you an example, is um, the sodium laureth, um, which sometimes you'll see on the label as being SLES or SLS. And although it's derived from coconut oil, it has little resemblance to its original form and it actually offers none of the moisturising benefits that coconut oil actually does. The real problem with SLES or SLS is that the manufacturing process results in um, the SLES or SLS being contaminated with a chemical or dioxane, which is an actual carcinogenic byproduct. So dioxane will be discussed more fully um, later on, but SLES and SLS is frequently used in antifreeze and engine degreases. So unless you want your face to look like a piece of farm equipment, you're better off actually avoiding it. Now, um, in regards to cosmetic regulations, you're, you're actually being damaged by personal uh, care products. The effect is cumulative over decades. We now understand that long-term accumulation of the chemicals in your body tissues from very small but very frequent exposures can be more detrimental than a few larger exposures due to the cumulative effect. So I'll say that again so you all understand this. So from very small but frequent exposures, that can actually be a lot more detrimental than the larger exposures due to cumulative effects in your body that's stored in, into your fat cells. So women, it seems, may be most at risk. If you use makeup, for example, on a daily basis, for instance, 
you can actually absorb up to five pounds of chemicals into your body every year. Many women even use more than 20 different beauty products each day. We're really body care product junkies, aren't we? But men aren't out of the woods. Don't think you're out of the the woods there. In 2004, a six-month computer investigation was done um, as a personal care safety assessment, and they found that more than 10,000 body care product ingredients were evaluated involving 2,500 participants. One of the findings was that the average adult uses nine personal care products each day that contain... 126 different chemicals. Now, this is probably astounding to most people. It also revealed that more than a quarter of a million women and one out of every 100 men use an average of 15 products daily, 15 products daily. So that is highly accumulative to small but toxic ingredients that accumulate in your body. Now, most consumers will be disturbed by the investigation's finding, and only 28 of the 7,500 products in the study, they were fully tested by the Committee Industry's self-regulating panel. And an alarming one-third of all the product assessed contained at least one ingredient that fell under the classification of being a human carcinogen. That's right, cancer-causing substance. 71% of the hair dye products evaluated had carcinogenic coal tar as part of their ingredient list and uh, the darker the worst. So nearly 70% of the products reviewed were found to have ingredients that could be tainted with impurities that have been linked to cancer and other health problems. 54% of the products violated safety recommendations that were proposed by the Self-Regulating Cosmetic Ingredient Control Board. Over the course of monitoring the cosmetic industry, um, the FDA and TDA has banned a mere nine personal care products. So based on these findings, researchers concluded that the lack of monitoring has led to a huge leniency towards the testing of cosmetic ingredients and has contributed to a large number of products available on the market that actually do pose health risks to consumers, particularly women. One government agency did find that cosmetic manufacturers could use just about any raw materials in their products and then put them on the market without even needing approval. Absolutely crazy. So additionally, the National Institute of Occupational Safety and Health, they stated that nearly 900 of the chemicals used in cosmetics are actually toxic, although other groups insist that figure is far too conservative. (laughs) In its third national report on human exposure to environmental chemicals, the Centre for Disease Control identified 148 chemicals that you are exposed to in your daily life that can cause harm by building up in your body. Now, all of these points to the fact that we're actually becoming a toxic waste dump from the products that we use. So many consumers are unaware of the dangers of actual cosmetic chemicals, they think they're all safe because they're personal care products, but they fail to realise that many of the same poisons that pollute our environment are also lurking in the jars and bottles that line your bathroom shelves and cabinets. So what exactly are these chemicals in your shampoo, lotion and body wash actually doing to us all? So the health effects include skin irritation and allergic reactions. We get lowered immunity, neurological and reproductive damage to potential um, sterility, birth defects, endocrine disruption, and even cancer. 
The sad fact is we don't really know the scope of what these chemicals will do after accumulating in your body for decades, confusing your hormone receptors and altering your basic body functions, which I see a lot in clinic. The half-life of some of these chemicals is almost as... um, is almost as long as a shelf life of the product they actually pollute. Now, it is well known that women seem to be predisposed to far more autoimmune disorders than actual men. Disorders such as thyroid disease, fibromyalgia and uh, MS or multiple sclerosis are far more common in women. And perhaps one of the major contributing factors is that women tend to use far more cosmetics than men. Now, it's an especially challenging task to establish a link between environmental chemical exposures and health problems because the adverse effects might not show up until many years after exposure. And like even as uh, Theo Colbin discusses in um, one of the great books that discusses a lot of this, Our Stolen Future, in some of the cases, the effects did not show up in the person exposed, but does appear later on in the offspring, in your children. This has been seen in the animal kingdom as well as in humans. So some adults have been known to suddenly show a disease many decades after prenatal exposure. And um, let's talk about some of these endocrine disruptions that I actually see in clinic. So what is an endocrine disruptor? It's actually any substance that can alter your natural given hormones. So when your body absorbs a substance that is um, an endocrine disruptor, It mimics a natural hormone by interfering with or altering the function of the endocrine or your hormonal system. Therefore, therefore it uh, damages your body. So endocrine disruptors can be found in uh, such things as plastic, clothing, cookware, foods, medications. We've seen them in detergents, industrial chemicals, uh, commonly used pesticides, and unfortunately, in our body care products. And these man-made substances, they have half-lives of years. And what I am terming is that a half-life is a time which it takes for a living organism to actually eliminate or excrete um, just half of the substance that was ingested or absorbed. So um, endocrine disruption poses a direct threat, obviously, to the human population because it has been linked to reproductive impairment and sterility. So we have already seen the tragic effects of endocrine disruption on um, our beautiful wildlife with the extinction of many species, even in Australia. Two major endocrine disrupting chemicals found in personal care products are phylates and parabens. And you'll see that a lot on the, um, on the labels. Now, phytates are plasticizing ingredients that have been linked to birth defects in the reproductive system of boys, and it lowers sperm motility in adult men, among other problems. So phytates were found to be uh, present in nearly three quarters of 72 products that were tested by the um, EWG group, although the word phytate never appeared on any label. So Phylates are common detected in fragrances. You'll find them in fragrances, which can contain hundreds of chemicals per fragrance. But the documentation of the adverse effects of phytates on rats is now widely accepted. However, the degree that the risk translates to in humans is a subject of obviously um, ongoing debate. Now, parabens are another thing that you'll see um, on personal care products. 
Now, parabens are a group of chemicals found in underarm deodorant, shampoo, soaps, toothpaste, lipstick and other body care products that have been shown to actually mimic the action of the hormone estrogen. So have a look at uh, parabens on the labels if, if um, of your personal care products. Now, these substances called xenoestrogens are fat-soluble, which means they can actually store themselves in your body. They can also often be found in many prepared foods like um, mayonnaise, mustard, salad dressings, and I've even seen them in candy. The only ingredient used more frequently is actually water. Now, this presents a real issue, particularly for female, because a female breast contains cells called estrogen receptors, which is uh, stimulated by the presence of estrogen or xenoestrogens into producing more mammary tissue. And so it is possible that stimulating these cells artificially after menopause, when natural hormone levels actually drop, this could be a possible, a possible contributing factor to breast cancer. So other paraben side effects also include male breast growth, um, excess fat storage and diminished muscle mass. They have also been linked to a variety of cancers. Now, parabens may be listed on a label as, you you won't always see it as a paraben, but you may um, recognise it as methylparaben, ethylparaben, propylparaben, butylparaben and isobutylparaben or E216 is... um, typically added to products as a preservative. Okay, so look out for those numbers and look out for those acronyms there on your labels and make sure that you throw them out and don't buy them. Don't support companies that, uh, you know, do damage to your health. Now, one of the big things that I do see in clinic too are the utilisation of underarm products used wrongly or or obtaining the wrong uh, brand. So studies show that parabens can seep into underarm tissue after being applied to your skin as deodorant, which is quite scary for women. And in a recent study, researchers found traces of parabens in every sample of tissue taken from 20 different breast tumours. That's right. They found traces of parabens in every sample of tissue taken from 20 different breast tumours. So if that doesn't scare you, I don't know what will. However, the study showed no direct evidence that deodorants were linked to an increased risk of breast cancer, which is crazy. So researchers of that um, study actually concluded that further studies are needed to examine whether there is indeed an association between estrogen and other chemicals that were found in deodorants and breast cancer. So until more is known, it's prudent to avoid deodorants that do contain parabens. The issue with antiperspirants is different than the issue with deodorants. So deodorants work by neutralising the smell of sweat via antibacterial action, but do not prevent sweating. Whereas on the other hand, antiperspirants actually prevent your sweating by clogging, closing or blocking the pores underneath your arm uh, that releases a sweat with the active ingredient being aluminium or as they say in America, aluminium. Now, the first problem with antiperspirants is that by preventing sweating, they're actually blocking one of your body's natural detoxification methods. The second issue that I'd actually do have with it is um, with the aluminium they contain. So aluminium is absorbed into your body and it actually has detrimental effects on your brain, including being a likely culprit in the growing numbers of people developing Alzheimer's disease as we're seeing it's on the up and up. Actually, in 2004, a study um, 
I've got a Chicago allergist believes that he's found a connection between antiperspirant, underarm shaving and cancer. And this was a study that was done in 2004, so long ago. He believes that the toxins in um, uh, aluminium salt, such as aluminium chlorohydrate, don't normally penetrate your skin enough to cause a problem. But once your skin is disrupted by, for example, shaving, the chemicals can be absorbed much more easily and hitch a ride on the lymphatic system just under your skin to nearby breast tissue. So more research is needed on the issue before it can definitely be concluded that antiperspirants cause breast cancer, but it would certainly seem safer to avoid all antiperspirants and deodorants until a verdict is actually reached with those um, figures found in the study. So using good old soap and water is usually all that you really need. If you were convinced you need a deodorant, make sure that the deodorant you choose does not, does not contain parabens. Please, for the sake of your health, do not have anything on the label that contains parabens. Um, so what other chemicals are, are real notorious villains in uh, personal care products? So modern cosmetics do contain a host of dubious ingredients that would be better suited to a a high school chemistry lab than in your face. Remember all those um, uh, chemistry uh, practices that we actually had that we blew things up? Well, here are just some of the chief offenders that you can be soaking up with every uh, primping session. So the things to look out for are lead, phenylalanine, benzene, formaldehyde, coal tar, which is predominant in hair dyes, particularly the dark ones, um, MIT, sodium lauryl sulfate, which uh, you'll see as SLES or SLS, propylene glycol, dioxane, oxybenzone, phenol, carbolic acid, acrylamide, and toluene. The list obviously goes on and on, and um, but there are a few that I think I'll that are worthy of special consideration tonight, really. And as unbelievable as it is, lead is still detected in the majority of name brand lipsticks that are manufactured in the Western world. Um, in September 2007, a campaign for safe cosmetics did a study that examined lead con content of lipsticks and they found 61% of 33 name brand lipsticks contain lead levels ranging from 0 0.03 to uh, 0.65 parts per million. Now, what that means is that one third of the lipsticks had more lead than the US Food Drug and Ad Administration's 0.7 ppm limit for lead in candy. Unbelievable. We've got it on our lips. So it's a neurotoxin. Lead is actually a neurotoxin. And it's known to cause learning, language and behavioural problems. And in fact, in pregnant women, lead can cross the placenta and interfere with normal fetal development. And it can even cause um, miscarriage. It can also cause infertility. And the small amount of lead in body care products, it, don't forget that it builds up over time. It's actually accumulative and it results in a significant accumulation in body tissues. Um, and although lipstick is absorbed directly into your body, there's not a set lead limit for this cosmetic. The Campaign for Safe Cosmetics is calling for cosmetic makers to remove lead from all their products and for the um, FDA to be more strictly regulated um, with our personal care products. Obviously, if 39% of lipsticks tested contain no detectable lead, then isn't it certainly possible to make uh, lead-free lipsticks? And if you look online, there's a lot more coming to um, fruition at the moment, thank God. Now, 
what it does mean for you though, that if you apply lipstick several times a day, you could be ingesting high amounts of lead over the course of your lifetime, along with any number of other chemical stowaways that are found in that product too. The amount of lipstick consumed by the average woman in her lifetime is four to 10 pounds. And if you don't believe me, go and Google it um, for fun. Four to 10 pounds, the average woman in her lifetime will ingest uh, the amount of lipstick, depending on whom you listen to. And um, that's obviously lead that you don't want. You want that in your pencil. Um, Now, a lot of people don't realise that we have a lot of petrochemicals um, in our personal care products. So although gas prices are skyrocketing, petrochemical derivatives remain very inexpensive um, and, and their byproducts and are widely used in personal care products. Now, ethoxylation, a cheap shortcut um, that companies use to provide mildness to harsh ingredients that requires the use of the cancer-causing petrochemical ethylene oxide, which generates um, a dioxone as a byproduct. So in, a, in addition to being a known cancer-causing agent, the dioxane is also su- suspected to be toxic to your kidneys, brains and lungs, and it's actually a leading groundwater contaminant. You won't find dioxane on the jar label as, li- as a listed ingredient. Excuse me. Instead, it will be present with other ingredients such as, look out for these, polyethylene, uh, polyethylene glycol, polyoxyethylene, oxanol, and uh, you, you'll normally see PEG in capital letters. Uh, there's mireth, oleth, loreth, um, and any other ETH, actually, that you'll find on the label. That They're all those uh, toxic byproducts. Now, SLES or SLS is often contaminated with dioxane, according to the um, Environmental Working Group. Now, just because a product says it's organic doesn't mean your concerns about petrochemical ingredients are over. This is a big one. In a report um, on uh, released in 2008, the OCA found at least one toxic cancer-linked chemical in over 40% of products that call themselves natural. Testing by the EWG actually showed that dioxane might be present in 22% of all cosmetics, including 55% of bubble baths, 57% of baby shampoos, there was 55% of baby soaps, 43% of body firming lotions, 37% of anti-aging lotions and 35% of around eye creams. Now, although previous studies have revealed dioxane is often present in conventional body care products, this new study indicated that the toxin is also present in leading natural and organic products, none of which are certified under... Um, USDA National Organic Program. Now, given that there are products out there that have no dioxane, why take a chance with your with your health? Your best bet is to purchase products that are certified under National Organic Programs. And if those aren't available, select products whose ingredients you recognise and pronounce. And better still, make your own. Um. Do you remember that mineral oil that we all used to use and go out into the sun with? We used to slather mineral oil um, on ourselves before we went out into the sun. Well, that mineral oil is present in the vast majority of body care products because it is incredibly cheap. Mineral oil, as well as paraffin and petrolatum, 
are petroleum products that coat your skin like a sheet of plastic wrap, clogging pores and creating a buildup of toxins. Now, the skin sludge can accumulate and it can lead to dermatological issues. And it is a fallacy that mineral oil actually moisturises your skin like we used to think back then. In fact, it interferes with your body's own natural moisturising mechanism and it leads to dryness and chaping. Manufacturers continue to use it because it is so inexpensive. That mineral oil can be found abundantly in most baby products. Do you remember our uh, baby oil? That was full of this mineral oil. In fact, conventional baby oil is just mineral oil and fragrance. So do you want to treat your baby like a person or a little piece of industrial machinery? I think we, we all know what the answer is there. Now, many raw materials used in the manufacture of body care products, they have odours that um, may be considered offensive to to consumers. So our preoccupation with smelling good has prompted cosmetic manufacturers to actually add ingredients to cover those offensive odours and to basically satisfy our scent addiction. Now, good scents equal good marketing scents, equal manufacturers making lots of scents. There are thousands of chemicals available for use in the production of fragrances and um, the perfumes, many of which are actually quite toxic. In the case of products labelled as um, fragrance-free or unscented, manufacturers generally add fragrance ingredients to cover the offensive odour, but less than what is needed to impart a noticeable scent. So if fragrance is added to a product to mask the odour of other ingredients, Listing it on the label is not actually required. That's right. If the fragrance is added to mask the odour of the other ingredients, it's listing on the label is actually not required. And because scents are considered what we call trade secrets, hundreds of ingredients can be lumped together under the heading of being a fragrance. Although companies are required by law to list all chemical ingredients in a personal care product, this regulation loophole allows them to list fragrance as a general category instead of being a specific one. Now, companies are not required to test cosmetics for safety before they are sold. In fact, many of the ingredients used in fragrances have little to no safety testing done on them at all. Most of the safety testing that has been done has revolved around the uh, skin effects of uh, the fragrance chemicals. The effects on your respiratory system, brain and other organs of your body have not actually been determined on individual chemicals, much less in the combination in which they're actually used. So artificial fragrances are among the top five known allergens and are a frequent trigger for asthma attacks. Many of the chemicals in fragrances have been linked to allergies, skin reactions, um, I even see migraine headaches, endocrine and hormone disruption, and possibly even birth defects down the line. One of the worst constituents of these smelly chemical blends is uh, uh, phytates again and the hazards of which I already discussed previously. Uh, Synthetic musks are very common used in fragrances as some people really like that particular smell, but it can accumulate in your body in the same manner as all the other synthetic uh, chemicals. So musk has been linked to skin irritation, hormone disruption and cancer in actual laboratory studies. And chances are very good that a synthetic musk can be found in any consumer product with a pleasant smell from shampoo to air fresheners. Now, um, another one to mention that we see a lot is MIT. 
Um, it's sometimes erroneously called methylisothiazoline, and it's used as a preservative because of its powerful ability to inhibit microbe growth in water-based products. Now, I hope you're seeing a pattern here. So if it's something that you can't actually pronounce or it's you know, really long um, uh, word, it's, it's probably a real chemical disruptor that's toxic to your health. Now, MIT is used in many different body care products that include shampoos and even hand lotions. And like many artificial preservatives, two recent studies reveal that MIT is toxic to experimental animals. Most alarming is a finding that prenatal exposure in lab rats resulted in disorientation and destruction of their immature nerve cells. And the research raised the possibility that the neural development of unborn human babies could also be disrupted. Although definite toxicity to human beings has not yet been established, most researchers do agree that additional testing is needed due to the wide use of MIT in um, our personal care product. With babies, now your children might be suffering the most damage from our personal product industry. So the EWG group surveyed um, 3,500 parents comparing the baby products they used to list um, to list of chemicals known to cause allergies, hormone disruption, damage to the nervous system, and even cancer. And what they found was that children are exposed on a daily basis to 27 chemical ingredients that have never been assessed for safety by the industry or our governments. So Dr. Rebecca Sutton, which is the environmental scientist who conducted this study, actually points out that... Um, uh, it creates allergies and skin irritations, and in certain products, it can break down to form new cancer-causing agents. And I think she was referring to 2-bromo and 2-nitropropane and 3-diol specifically that's um, on the labels. We've even got uh, the Sitin diaper cream, which contains sodium uh, borate, which can collect in your child's brain and liver and then cause detrimental health effects. We've got sunscreens with um, oxybenzone, which can trigger allergies and disrupt your delicate hormonal um, system. So particularly our, our little adults um, do get highly affected. So look out for those on labels, please. Surprisingly, 89% of products labelled recommended by doctors are actually some of your worst offenders, containing what Dr Sutton considers to be dangerous chemicals. So you might want to be more concerned about what we don't know than what we actually do know um, in terms of how your babies are going to respond to the barrage of chemicals they are exposed to from birth and onwards. There are some excellent natural baby products available, but you've got to take the time um, and do your due diligence in finding them. And it's it's all the uh, it's worth all the time in the world. There's um, some really good websites like Skin Deep, www.cosmeticsdatabase.com and the Organic Consumers Association. Um, they're really good sources that uh, you can look into that uh, further. Sunscreen poses a real problem, not only to our human health, but also to the environment. A new study by CDC released in March discovered that 97% of um, Westerners were contaminated with a widely used sunscreen ingredient called oxybenzone. And that's been linked to allergies, hormone disruption and cell damage. So imagine what we're doing when we're getting into the water and it rubs off into the water, what we're doing to all the ocean and its inhabitants. A related study published just one day earlier showed that this chemical is now linked to low birth weight in baby girls um, whose mothers were actually exposed to that um, 
oxybenzone during pregnancy. So oxybenzone also has a property of helping other chemicals actually penetrate your skin, which is quite scary. And the EWG, they identified nearly 600 sunscreen products that were sold in the Western world that contain oxybenzone. So 600 sunscreen products. So there's bound to be one that you're exposed to. And there was as well as 172 facial moisturisers that was found in, 111 lip balms and 81 different types of lipsticks. So there's a definite um, uh, sign that you're going to be exposed to one of those. EWG research shows that 84% of 910 name brand sunscreen products offer actual inadequate protection from the sun or it contains ingredients like oxybenzone with significant safety concerns. Now, have we gone overboard on sun protection at the expense of um, good things that the sun actually offers you, such as vitamin D and lifting your mood? Let's face it, the sun just makes you actually feel good, doesn't it? So sun exposure, when used wisely, actually helps to prevent skin cancer. And we're talking about wisely between the early hours of the morning, um, before 10, and uh, probably after 3, 3 p.m. In, in summertime. In some societies where clothing traditionally covers most of the body year-round, um, it was found that a greatly increased risk of rickets and osteomalacia have actually been observed. So you need to expose your body to at least 40% um, of your body for up to an hour or more each day optimally for therapeutic results. And you can adjust the time depending on the time of year and actually your skin type. Don't forget, they need to all be taken into consideration. So adjust the time depending on the time of year and actually your skin type. Now, there are certain things that can be done to help um, in this regard with uh, sun, sun care. So a diet rich in antioxidants from whole fruits, berries and vegetables, that becomes one of the best ways that you can actually in create uh, an internal sunscreen, which thereby protects yourself from skin cancer. And don't forget vitamins A and C, they're particularly important as your cells use these vitamins to regulate light absorption and actually protect you against overexposure. So good nutrition will give you built-in protection from burning, which is particularly important if you're fair-skinned. And if you're going to be exposed to the sun more than your skin can safely handle, and we all tend to do that over summer, you can cover your skin with light clothing, as you know. And if you must use sunscreen, look for products that are free of petrochemicals, such as oxybenzene. Um, formulas with zinc or titanium don't appear to have the same toxic uh, side effects as those with oxybenzene. Now, how about antibacterial soaps? We see it everywhere at the moment due to COVID. And antibacterial soaps used to be found mainly in clinical health environments only, but today they can be found in household countertops and in public restrooms, um, in fact, all over the country, and they've become a $16 billion year industry. Now, not only is hand soap antibacterial, but so are today's laundry detergents, shampoos, toothpaste, body washes, uh, you'll even find it in dish soaps and many household cleaning products. But are antibacterial ingredients really necessary? And are they really promoting your health? And, you know, through um, the research that I've done, there's a real resounding no. And there's following reasons that I'll go into discussion with. So scientists have found that using antibacterial products offers little protection against even the most common germs. And in a study published in March 2nd, 
Journal Annuals of Internal Medicine, people who used antibacterial soaps and cleansers, they developed a cough, runny nose, sore throat, fever, vomiting, diarrhea, and other symptoms just as often as people who use products that did not contain those same antibacterial ingredients. These researchers pointed out that the majority of symptoms experienced by the study participants were most likely caused by viruses against which antibacterial soaps are actually useless. And for symptoms like vomiting and diarrhoea, which might be caused by bacteria, the people who use regular soaps had no greater risk than those who used antibacterial soaps. So that's using regular soaps. Um, you've got no greater risk than those who used antibacterial soaps. Now, antibacterial soaps, as well as some toothpaste and mouthwashes, they often contain the chemical triclosan, which is an antibacterial agent that kills bacteria and inhibits bacterial growth. Unfortunately, it also kills human cells. So triclosan is also a known endocrine disruptor and it upsets the delicate hormone balance of animals that has been found in studies. It's been shown to hasten the transformation of tadpoles actually into frogs, developing into frogs, and it was also found to accumulate in aquatic food chain and to contaminate human breast milk. Now, the effects of triclosan on the tadpoles include a significant weight loss and accelerated hind limb development. The tadpoles were also impaired by decreased gene activity, so it actually switches some of the genes um, off in the tail fin and increased activity of genes associated with uncontrolled cell growth, which, you know, such as cancer. Triclosan alone does not cause um, the actual effects, but triclosan in the presence of um, a combination such as thyroid hormones actually does, suggesting that triclosan increases the potency and impact of your thyroid hormones. So proper thyroid function is essential for the development of um, the human brain and body for us to function optimally. So these findings actually do suggest that triclosan could have a negative impact on our health. Now, multiple studies now confirm that common consumer antibacterial soaps um, do not remove any more bacteria from your hands during washing than do plain old soap. That's right. Those um, antibacterial soaps, they don't remove any more bacteria from your hands than plain old soap. Um, so scientists fear that a widespread use of antibacterial products could lead to strains of um, resistant bacterial superbugs in a similar way that excessive use of um, antibiotics has led to mutated bacterial strains that have been or be becoming resistant to drugs. And this phenomenon would cause the agents to lose effectiveness for the times when we actually do need them. Um, what else can I talk about? So what can you do to look young and healthy without adding to your toxic load? Okay, what can we actually do? So according to researchers, environmental and lifestyle factors actually do play a major role in human disease, as I've talked about um, lots of times, accounting for perhaps 75% of most cancers. Now, there is some good news in all of this. It's not that difficult to choose healthful personal care products. Once you do become a practice label reader, that's a thing you've got to look at your labels. And here are some suggestions to help you along the way, right? What you can do is switch over to more natural brands of toiletries, including shampoo, toothpaste, deodorant, and cosmetics. And these can be found at your local health food store. You can find them online. And many ordinary 
uh, grocery shops and department stores now beginning to incorporate nutrition selections where more natural products can actually be found. Read the ingredients on the label. I cannot stress this um, enough. Read the ingredients on the label, not just the marketing hype. Just because something says it's organic, natural, or even botanical, doesn't mean it contains natural ingredients. So pay attention to the order in which the ingredients are listed. Manufacturers are actually required to list ingredients in descending order by volume, meaning that the first few ingredients are the most prominent in that actual product. So if calendula extract is the last ingredient on the list, your calendula body wash, I'm sorry, but it isn't very natural. So make sure that you look at the first two ingredients um, that are most prominent in that product. Don't forget, if you can't pronounce it, like I said previously, you probably don't want to put it on your body. So ask yourself, would I want to eat this? Because you will be feeding it to your skin and your internal organs. Look for products that are fragrance-free. Stick to the basics. Women, do you really need to use 682 products to get ready for your day? Seriously. Minimize the number of creams, lotions, and powders that you actually use. This will not only be a boon to your health, but also um, you'll keep more money in your bank account. So simplify your life. Some of the best personal care products are in your own kitchen. For example, olive oil and coconut oil make effective moisturizers for your skin. So a pinch of baking soda mixed into water, it's an actual effective all-day deodorant. A bit of olive oil rubbed inside your nostrils can keep them um, from getting dry, particularly now that we're going into cooler uh, weather. Many nutrition stores now carry deodorant salt crystals that are effective and um, aluminium free. All you have to do is simply wet them and apply to your underarm. Uh, buy products that come in glass bottles rather than plastic where possible due to the chemicals that can leach out of the plastics and into the contents, then obviously into you. So um, bisphenol A, which is BPA in brackets, is a serious concern and always has been. Avoid using sunscreen if possible. Now, what I mean by that is uh, bathe within the times um, required that suits your skin type as well. Use light clothing and hats instead. And if that's not possible, then look for sunscreens that use zinc or titanium rather than oxybenzone and use them sparingly. Drink plenty of filtered water every day to assist your body in flushing out unavoidable environmental toxins. So help your liver, your face too, um, to flush out those unavoidable to uh, toxins. So eat lots of organic fruit and vegetables to keep your body well stocked with antioxidants so that it can fight those free radicals that you're exposed to effectively. And don't forget, be kind to the earth. Look for products that are made by companies who are earth-friendly, animal-friendly, and actually recyclable. So support companies who, who don't do animal testing, for um, example. Now, um, let me see how much time we've got. We've got about 10 minutes. Let's, uh, let's see if we can uh, talk about some um, recipes. So just for example, uh, facial masks to rejuvenate uh, skin and give it a healthy glow. You can also make those at home. Um, balancing honey and lavender. So like what you can do is mix one tablespoon of raw honey or manuka honey 
um, which has lots of antioxidants for the skin with two to three drops of lavender essential oil. You can apply it to the face and let it sit for 15 to 20 minutes and then use a warm uh, wash washcloth to wipe off. You can even use a lemon facial mask. You can mix one tablespoon of raw honey uh, with one to two drops of lemon, if, if that's your preference for that fragrance. Apply it to the face and let it sit to 15 to 20 minutes. Then you'd use a warm washcloth to wipe it off. But be careful to avoid direct sun exposure within 24 hours of using the mask because um, lemon oil is tends to make us what I call photosensitive to the sun. So it'll make you a little bit red in the um, in the sun. So don't forget house cleaners too, um, you know, what we can actually use is bicarbonate of soda and uh, tea tree or lavender or eucalyptus oil too. They they always make great foundations for, for a lot of um, our personal care products. Um, moisturizer, don't forget, like I said previously, olive oil or coconut oil. Um, uh, what else can we use? What essential oils to use? Um, there's in your do-it-yourself skincare recipes, um, for example, with fine lines that even out skin tone and improve, uh, improve clarity and brighten the skin. Um, you can use a combination of essential oils for these recipes that include um, cypress, frankincense, geranium, lavender, lemon, myrrh, patchouli, rose and tea tree. And remember um, not to ingest these oils, but do uh, a skin test patch as well to see that uh, if you have any allergies um, as well. So there are lots of things that we can actually do uh, for your natural skincare products as well. Make sure to choose the right containers for your products. Open air jars are more prone to contamination. Um, make sure that you make them in small batches, um, at least in the beginning anyway, because it can be hard to gauge um, the shelf life of your personal care products that you do yourself. Um, and try an oil-free lotion recipe, particularly for, for dry um skin. Now, actually, I will be doing a personal care product uh, workshop, I think, later in on the year. So look out for that one too. All right. So I hope that you've actually enjoyed the show. There's so much that we can do with our personal care products. Look out for those um, acronyms or long-winded words that I mentioned previously, just to optimize your health. Um, and we'll go into more of the environmental stuff uh, a, a few in a few months later. All right, hope you've enjoyed the program. You're listening to 87.6 FM, The Wellness Couch, and I'm your host, Katarina Morrison. I'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Hello, this is Karen from the O'Farrells, and you're listening to 3ABR in Apollo Bay. Mm-hmm. 